I finally have gotten together and leveled out the first of three episodes from the Down From Ten podcast that Philippa Ballantyne, Chris Lester, T. Morris, Kitty Nakian, and myself all did back when uh, Down From Ten was first launching. It was a live show. There were lots of great call-ins. This is definitely definitely not work safe or child safe but hopefully it will be quite entertaining and leave you on the floor in stitches here you go part one of the down from 10 launch cast i believe i'm and among whatever other shows we get out of this mad house this evening (laughs) there will also be some of this will be the down from 10 launch cast and we have with us kitty nikian t morris chris lester and Whoever the hell I am today, I can't remember. You're Dam oh, Sawyer. Dam Sawyer. J. Dam you Sawyer. <laughs> but in my mind, you'll always be Dove Number One. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Fabulous! Fabulous! <laughs> there you did it. There you, go. you did it. You did fine. Now, now you just have to remember how to do it. Yep. All these things will be made. Will be <laughs> made Welcome to the insanity of the Down yeah. from Ten launch party, ladies and gentlemen. We are here in Artistic Whispers Studios in sunny Castro Valley, California. Well, not so sunny now because the sun's gone down while we were trying to take care of this. <laughs> Gorgeous day though in San Fran, oh. Francisco. Gorgeous Thank day. You. <laughs> yeah, I just Thank learned. You. I just learned we don't call it San Fran here. No, or Frisco. Or well, Frisco. Uh, oh no, Frisco. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good good way to get yourself set up for a stiff beating. I was gonna say, or isn't, frisking. Isn't, isn't Frisco? Isn't Frisco like like it's like a, a town in Texas? Yeah. Or mm. yeah. So. Welcome, guest number three. Go ahead and I, I guess it's also uh, post a kind your name of, there in the it's chat. It's also a kind of shortening. Yeah. If, if you've got a lisp, right? So. Right, silence. Uh, silence never works in podcasting. No, it never so works. Sorry, so. I'm, I'm letting Danny Shade know that we're here in case he decides he wants to. Come oh, oh, Danny brilliant. Shade, the brilliant, the, the brilliant mind and and music of Danny. The Shade. man behind the music. He's the man behind the music. Next on VH1. <laughs> <laughs> Today okay. we're talking Shade about rocks. <laughs> Today we're talking about Danny Shade. So tell me, Danny. Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> Is Dan Sawyer the inside or the outside spoon? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kitty's the one you want to ask about that. No! <laughs> there we go. All right. Um, so down from 10. Yeah. Uh, first episode dropped yesterday. Actually, this morning. Oh, I uploaded what, it last was, night, but I... you, you got to remember. You know, was, I don't know what time yeah. zone I'm in. I, don't well, know I, I was up till in. 6 in the morning talking to you, man. So I like... My- yeah, I'm my, like, you know, I'm not going to wait for this thing to finish up. It's okay because my body, my body thought it was 12 noon the other the pre the previous day. So don't uh. worry about it. You know, <laughs> time travel works. You know, you just have to cross hemispheres <laughs> to experience it. Uh, but um, so you know, and I heard I heard uh, bits and pieces of it. So so mm-hmm. you know, to you, damn J. Damn you, Sawyer. Um, <laughs> Were you happy with the first uh, with the episode and how it sounded? I, I was. I thought uh, my edit on the last uh, on the last scene was a little rushed in the pacing, but it's nothing I can't live with. Okay. Um, just getting getting used to cutting that many voices in a conversation. It's been a while since I edited a film, which is the nearest equivalent to that kind of rapid fire dialogue. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's Pip. Guest Pip. four is Pip. Oh, oh Pip. Who plays Hello. Carol. She says, guess this would be a Kiwi call with a K. Yes, yes, yes. Pip, wrong way, Ballantine. Let me tell you some stories. About Before you do, uh, Pip, when you can come in by voice, let us know, and we will uh, we will conference you in here. Yes. Okay. 
So T is going to tell us about so, Pip Wrongway Ballantyne. Yeah, uh, apparently, apparently Pip, uh, Pip's, Pip, Pip's language, uh, Pip's language, Pip's lineage. Pip's language is foul uh, as Pip, hell. Yeah, which well, is Pip, why we love Pip's her. lineage dates all the way back to the early Scots, and um, you know, I, I found out something about the lineage is that they don't know the rights from the lefts. Um, I found out, you know, that uh, that one of the early Ballantines, uh, um, uh, Ewan. McManahan Ballantyne. He was a navigator. He was a navigator on a oh, ship that was going to it's America. Glorious. Yes. It's fucking brilliant. Basically what happened was was the captain stood up and said, Right, does anyone here know the way to America? And that's when Ewan, Ewan Ballantyne stepped up and said, Ah, I can tell you the way to America. We're going to point the boot west. And we're going to sail in a straight line. <laughs> Eventually, we will find North America. Don't worry, I knew the way. They were sailing on a boat? On, on a boot? I'm uh, sorry. Wait for it, I'll get there. So, a few months later, I don't give a fuck what she's tweeting. I'm just going to go on and tell you the story the way I tell it. So, <laughs> so with the guidance of Ewan McManahan Ballantyne, they point the boot west and they sail and a few months later they hit ground and that is when mcgregor that's when ewan mcgregor ballantyne uh, ewan mcmanahan whatever the fuck his middle name is ewan ballantyne says right so we're in africa africa america they both start and end with an a that's close <laughs> enough but they weren't quite happy with it so we kept sailing we said don't worry i knew the way i knew the way to america a few months later we go, oh, look, the Cape of Good Hope. Who the fuck knew? Let's keep going. We might still hit America. In fact, I tell you what, we're going to aim for the West Coast because none, none of those fucking poems are there. We'll just make one. We, we will make this place. And I know what we'll call it. We'll call it California. We'll call California and we'll make it like Scotland, the sequel. Scotland 2, Electric Boogaloo. Come on, let's go. So we go around the Cape of Good Hope and the next thing we know, pop, we're in New Zealand. Who knew? So we said, don't worry. Until we get there, let's just hang with these people. They're giving us a plant. And from the looks of the tattoos across their face, we better take the fucking plant. And that's how basically New Zealand was founded. Um, so what did Pip, Pip say? Pip says, I still have your Ray-Bans. Guess you don't want them back. <laughs> I told her she needed to call in. She said, still it works, so I'll just glare. Nobilis says T doesn't ransom garments anymore. <laughs> she, said, she said, I didn't steal these, though. In, in honor of the accent, T, if you uh, want some scotch, it's right there. If I can just make sure I got power, I have to go this way. Uh, you know, I am known in many circles as the Christopher Columbus of porn, so pardon me. Um, <laughs> where's the tumbler? But no, um, actually... Uh, yeah, I knew I was in trouble when I got to New Zealand. When Pip hands me the map and says, okay, where are we going? And I'm like, this ain't my fucking country. What are you talking about? And, and uh, Kitty, put down flogger? the flogger, please, for the love of God, put down the flogger. But believe me, it's worth wrestling with your fingers. Well, there you go. Wow. <laughs> hey, Kim Fortuner has joined us. Welcome. Oh, Kim the comic book goddess. Tell us a bit about this scotch tea. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. Okay. Tea, tea is so, the furniture of the scotch. So, 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 so let me talk about the scotch. So Pip hands me the roadmap, and she <laughs> says, <laughs> "Where are we going?" Done, <laughs> 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 
Okay, then let me give you another story. Oh, God. Where Pip was like, yeah, uh, I know where Radio New Zealand is. So she takes me to Radio New Zealand, and we are... <laughs> It, we are searching for Radio New Zealand, and I'm going, Pip, are you sure? Well, that's okay. We can pick up a Wi-Fi signal, and then we'll be able to pull your email and get the directions. Guest for is Pip, by the way. Yeah. So anyway, so so right now it is. You know, we I wanted to get there nice and early for the uh, for, for for the intro, for the uh, the interview. Uh-huh. Still nothing. And then a random stranger. This is why I believe there is a God, because a random stranger on a Sunday morning happened to be walking down the street of Wellington. Pip goes up to her and says, excuse me, um, you know, we're looking for Radio New Zealand. And that's when the stranger went, you're wrong way, Ballantyne. I know you and I listen to your podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I love it. But she does. But the woman goes, oh, yeah, Radio New Zealand. They moved months ago and are on XYZ, and they gave us they gave us directions there. Oh man, I was very quiet in the car then. Uh-huh. Um, so 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 now the okay. So about the scotch. Yes, about the scotch. So um, here we are, lost just outside of Hamilton. I'm sorry, the scotch. Back to the scotch. <laughs> to the, scotch. The, the scotch is the Balvenie Doublewood. It is a 12 year old scotch. Uh, first six years is aged in an oak cask. So you're so you're, you're you taste the the like hardiness. a fresh yeah fresh cask yeah. But then they take it out of that cask and they and they put it into a sherry cask, giving it a what is what is she saying? Um, <laughs> what is Pip saying? I can tell by your laugh that Pip actually, just said something snarky. What actually, did, uh, was Mike, Kim? Mike, yeah, oh, Kim, Mike, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, Mike, dude, I'm noticing a lot of uh, familiar names here. Mike rocks as poor Pip. T would take advantage of you not being able to speak up and defend yourself. Oh hell yeah! It's the, only, <laughs> it's the only way I can get my horse. and and that I'm on my hemisphere. Otherwise, Pip would be kicking my ass right now. <laughs> and, and and for those of you who don't believe it, listen to the Reprobates Double no Trouble shit. interview, where they out dirtied Minks. Pip and her Pip and her freak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Cunning Minks ain't got nothing on Valentine Morris. I I, I, right I have now. interviewed Minks for Reprobates Hour, and I did Valentine and Morris for Reprobates Hour, and Valentine and Morris was the dirtiest fucking podcast <laughs> I've ever recorded. Maybe up until tonight. It, wow. It, 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 <laughs> We, or at least co- up until some crossed, later episodes we, and down from 10. We crossed the line <laughs> when the dominatrix Mary Poppins came out with her hot cross crumpets. I yes. Mean, <laughs> Kim Fortuner says, whoa, they outdirty Dan? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a hot cross crumpets sh- shoved, shoved up. firmly between her buttocks. Yes. yes. Firmly between <laughs> the buttocks. Said so, in that way, only Pip can do it. Yeah. Pip says, um, woot. <laughs> <laughs> Pip, I'm keeping that in mind next time you're here and I decide to bake bread. There you go. Anyway, so that, <laughs> well, that's, that's the Bob Annie Doublewood. And, um, would that mean that she would then be hoisted with her own batard? Oh. <laughs> Very funny. Someone hit him, please. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the... Um, but, but in all seriousness, uh, when the, the road trip from Auckland to Wellington was actually quite fun. Um, she says, my rack is at your disposal. Oh, dear. <laughs> The the original the original road trip from Auckland to Wellington we were we were going to actually make a detour to <laughs> Hamilton. What 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 is going on? Never mind. Oh, uh, Kim says not unless you used gunpowder instead of flour, Chris. <laughs> Ouch! Damn! Damn! <clears throat> that would definitely make your buns <clears throat> hot and cross. Well, it would also mean you you could be hoisted with your own batard. Oh. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. Where You're an evil this. evil man, Chris Lester. This. <laughs> this is news. <laughs> no no no. Well, it evidently is to several of your listeners. They keep talking about me corrupting you, and I'm like, uh, yeah. guys, 
Really? <laughs> you don't know Chris Lester like He's I know player. Chris Lester. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> Chris Morris, Chris Rester, you and John Woo, we're going to get together. Oh, we're no. Gonna have good times. <laughs> we're going to unleash the doves. Don't you go anywhere, Chris Lester. Oh, yeah. He's you got the flock. Oh, yeah. Be Throw careful. me wrong time. I am John Chris, Woo. The, the badge on the flogger. Take it off. Yeah, I know. The badge on the flogger. He's <laughs> going to flog me with a badge. <laughs> Kitty has knitted a handmade leather flogger. <laughs> Oh yeah, I rank it. I rank it wrong time. Ah, hey, this this is the first. This is oh, the damn. first time one of Kitty's homemade sex toys has ever been used in public. Well, there you go. <laughs> he just he just doesn't. <laughs> no, and no, you realize nobody's getting the whole John Woo thing that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> I know. Kim says, "I have no, oh, I have no doubt of the truth of your statement about Chris Dan." Ah, oh, good. Uh, Pip says, "It's always the quiet ones," and tell the Christopher Columbus of porn to shut it. <laughs> Mike Rock says, "Who the hell's let T have weapons?" <laughs> uh, I'm not the one with weapons. It's so Lester. anyway, down from ten. This oh, is, this, yeah, this, bring this it back as, around, please. This, is, this may as well be the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> We have about half the cast present here. Wow. T, Chris, Kitty are all in it, and Nobilis and Pip are in the chat room, and they're both in it. Yeah. Nobilis says, yeah, wasn't that the topic? <laughs> Theoretically. <laughs> you should know by now that any time that you get us in uh, a, a live It's actually like five of eight. Yeah. Who, who's guest number eight? Who is guest number eight? I don't know. Guest number eight, please sign in. Or, rate, or tell us your name. Identify yourself. I'll keep a running total here in my text editor. Pip no, says no. we are the seed of the pod commune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should I worry? Oh, the, that's the, AP the, Stevens again. Oh, okay. J- just so you know, the slapping sound you hear, that's Chris flogging himself. I mean, I didn't realize that Chris was part of the Opus Dei movement. From uh, you know. well, he, 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 he is a religious man, and he, yeah. and, and he takes yes, his devotions seriously. <laughs> This is just. <laughs> I tell you, Chris Resto, you're getting me all hot. I'm going to let go of the doves, and it's party time! <laughs> it's like your character Shut- says in episode one of all the vices, abstinence is the most annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I think I should give people some background. So we were. Yeah. So the reason why I'm doing this pornographic John Woo is because. We were talking about we were talking about um, Mission Impossible movies, and I was talking about how much I enjoyed three, and and we we got to the talk about two, and I basically said, um, uh, I said the Mission Impossible two was John Woo touching himself, and then I suddenly got into, and this is when we really wish it was a, a video. Yeah, game yeah, because, because this is this is this is much more pornographic than it sounds. I started doing a, a you know a, a, the whole stripper pole style dance, and I said. I am John Woo. I'm touching myself while directing Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. <laughs> oh, he's so good. I am a fu- I'm fucking brilliant. I am an artist. Oh, release the doves. Yeah, baby. Give me more doves. Give me more doves. And it sort of stuck. So we started talking about other films of John Woo, and then I'd suddenly lapse into this John Woo going, me rub you wrong time with white doves. Uh, and it sort of stuck. Um, I, I do this Stuck too. very badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, come on, kitty. You know you want it. You, you want some John Woo love. We explode something, and then we we explode something, let doves loose, and then ride motorcycles with long black capes. Oh, yeah! Ooh. That actually does and, and sound he, and hot. He's, and, 
and and he's frigging himself while he does exactly, this. Exactly. <laughs> um, so down from ten. <laughs> oh yes, that is the topic. Yeah, <laughs> loosely. Two to eight tonight. <laughs> And um, oh, so, so yeah, um, so that was how it started. And I, I do, I do this to get Dan giggling like a little girl. I do, I live for that. I live for that. You're good at it. Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there's anyone else who's using bandwidth, we should probably. Uh... Um, I'm not using anything okay. here. Okay. So, so, um, so, so, uh, so down from ten. Um, yeah. You know, uh, are you tracking your downloads at all? Or yeah. Are you just oh, so you are, you are tracking it. Yeah. How, how's it? How's it been going just this morning? Um, I don't know because the stat service started uh, this morning, so I don't know until tomorrow. So until tomorrow. Twenty-four hour updates. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it, got it. But and, uh, judging, I got um, I got about two thousand, no, three thousand downloads on the preview. Oh, sweet! Uh, three thousand unique downloads on the preview, which is more than any um, anything I got for any episode of Predestination mm-hmm. so far. So um, I think. Spreading it out across the potosphere really helped. I know you were. I know you were. Um, uh, you were. Um, you, you and I had, did the uh, the exit interview on uh, on, on predestination. Mm-hmm. You 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 were when you look back on predestination and now you're looking forward with down from ten. What do you feel like you learned from from the experience with predestination and how are you applying that to down from ten? Um, well, and if I start to get boring <laughs> or dull, it's the wrong topic. I can always I can always do oh, something. Oh boy! Yeah. Can, um, Sparkle for you, <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, lessons. Oh shit. I don't know. It's. I don't. I mean, we went through. We went through the lessons about pre-record and whatnot, which yeah. isn't an option for this one. But I'm. You got yourself a hell of a cast. Here. Yeah, I got. I, but I got a hell of a cast, and we are working ahead. Um. So I'm um, hoping to have everything pre-recorded at some point in the podcast. <laughs> um. Podcasts and hell are both, you know, paid yeah. with good intentions. I've, I've yeah, yeah, no out. kidding. But um, and they've got the I'm, best pizza in hell. Oh, Just that's ask what I've heard. They've got the best pizza in hell. But <clears> I'm <throat> having I'm having loads of fun working with everyone on this one, and it's nice to be working with a smaller cast and actually be able to do some serious directing again because I haven't been able to do that for a while. <clears throat> and the smaller cast where everyone knows their shit, right? Um. Which is really cool, and it's just not realistic to be able to get into character development with voice actors when you've got 35 actors playing 63 parts. And we finally <clears> have <throat> the lovely uh, the lovely Kitty McKeon yeah. finally uh, stepping her, out front and center. That sexy voice. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> wrong time. Ironic, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I- ironically, playing the Japanese character and oh, Kitty is, yeah. oh, no, Kitty is oh, Japanese. Oh, 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 Chinese, oh, yeah. Chinese, Chinese, <laughs> Japanese. We, we, we go back. Bitch, you bent over. I show you what for. <laughs> <laughs> That's in a later episode. Uh, so, uh, she wants to say thanks, Dan. Uh, thank you for for joining the cast, Pip. You are perfect for Carol. Don't don't encourage her. Please, for the love. Oh, are you kidding? I've Don't been... encourage her. She doesn't need she, it. She's on. She's on board for book two of predestination she's, she's got, too. She's I got, got a stroke. Julius Vogel. We don't need to do any more kind of encouragement. <laughs> she also. She went on to say thanks for not making T and I the same role as say other. <laughs> uh, you and T aren't the same role, but I am. But 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 you guys. Uh, you guys do create quite a uh, quite a stir later on in the book. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. There's this great cooking scene you see. <laughs> um, uh, 
Chris quit it, it hitting yourself a, it, with that flogger, it's turning me on. <laughs> I could let you hit me with the flogger. <laughs> oh, no, I'm getting turned on. Where are my dogs? <laughs> if you're going to be yelling like that, close the front window. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It is getting late. I, I keep forgetting. It is. It is. It is. Uh, it is yeah, if, we clo- if we close the front window, it's fine, but that, the acoustics are no, not. No, I understand. I understand. Nobilla says... The advantage for Evan slash Ava is that T and Pip don't have to be on at the same time. <laughs> Bada bing. Pip says, whisper, I get to kill him, right? With armadillos? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. But I was going to say. no armadillos. They, 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 she's asking questions I can't answer without spoilers, which right. really sucks. Right, right. It's right. a mystery, Pip. I, uh, you know the end of it because I was drunk that night. But, <laughs> <laughs> but can we at least tell them? Whether or not there are armadillos. Well, this is Northern California, so no. In the winter. Armadillos. In the winter. Mm-hmm. Do so armadillos hibernate? Uh, Man, I just know everything's a screeching halt. I don't think they I'd have need to look to. it up. <laughs> they but they no live winter. in Texas, so. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, well, then if they're hibernating, <laughs> then they're probably not hibernating in California since yeah, they're all in Texas. Yeah. Uh, what true. I was going to say, though, was to. to <laughs> Gonna, she says, I'll just take that as a yes. One in every orifice. Oh. <laughs> and my butt cheeks just clenched up for no good reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Kitty, I was going to ask. Good thing about armadillos is they come with their own built in condoms. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and claws. <laughs> well, which works just as well. Has risk, Chris. <laughs> come on, be adventurous, Chris. You know you want it. Mm. Um, um, but I was what the say, hell are we talking about? I was actually trying to bring it back. Uh, armadillos, and, and, and for that, we segue over to Kitty. Kitty, <laughs> your armadillo fetish, when did that start? No, I, I, <laughs> I was going to ask you, this is the first time you've done this type of stuff before? or, or, or if you, Not with the armadillos, not with voice acting. Um, um, no, I, I've done a bit of voice acting with Predestination. Um, all the m- computer voices and a couple of other random... But this yeah. but this is one where we actually we actually get to know your character anyway. Yeah. So and, and this is the first time you have done something like this, right? On, yeah. on on a more extended scale, right? Yeah. Um how much how much has she recorded so far? Just uh first couple chapters. First couple of chapters. So so venturing into the world of voice acting, what do you think of it so far? I'm enjoying it. Uh, it it helps that I'm playing a character that is remarkably similar to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a shock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I know I know some of the backstory, but and I didn't know how much Dan wanted to to talk about the backstory. Keep like, people's names out of it. Right. Yeah. 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 But um, but this is actually a pretty personal story for you. Yeah. And well, it's there's it, most of the things that aren't believable in this book actually happened to either me or somebody I know. <laughs> It, all the people in the story are either based on me at one age or another, or they're based on people that I know really well and am or have been really close to. So it's, um, this is one of the reasons that the tone so far is much, uh, much lighter and warmer. Cause this is, uh, you know, whole that's di- what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. I, I remember with predestination, I kept thinking, Oh, you know, every time I listen to this, I better not do anything when I'm in a good mood because it's just going to, what, what? Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll get to you in a second, Nobilis. Okay. Um, but I was going to say that, 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 as I said in the, in the exit interview, that uh, you know, it seemed like the, these people in predestination 
really must have ticked you off in another life because you were just putting them through hell and back. So far, so far, the, the, the tone of Down From Ten uh, seems a lot more... It's almost like a polyamorous sitcom. And, yeah. and I think that's I think that's where that's that's how it's setting itself up, but I'm sure it's not going to stay. Oh yeah, well they're they're yeah, it's well like it says in the title, it's a the genre is country house mystery. Um and so like any good Agatha Christie. Yeah. Sorry, I just pictured this 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 polyamorous Miss Marple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's hilarious. I know. That's your character. I know, it is. <laughs> no, um it's uh Deity, have it, a sit down. I'm going to have a cup of tea weird. with my two boy toys over here. We- weird and strange and unexpected shit will happen. Mm. But um, it's a different kind of group of characters. This this is an environment where there is a lot of trust rather than right. an env- environment in which there is not only no trust, but there can be no trust if people are going to keep their skins. Oh, which so, is predestination. Which is predestination. And so this is almost the opposite kind of environment. These are people that uh, that love, trust, and respect each other depending on how closely they know each other right. and relationships under those kinds of circumstances play out a whole lot differently than relationships under Absolutely. trustless circumstances yeah when you have uh, people who have this established continuity of relationship and there's not the super the, the super high stakes right when some when there's a, a disagreement or a misunderstanding the first <clears throat> reaction of people is okay let's try to understand what's going on here and how we can reconcile versus mm-hmm. how can I cut this person off before they do any damage? Yeah, well, depending on the personality type, there mm-hmm. of course there's eight very these are all very different people here too. Different right. backgrounds, different temperaments, <clears throat> different um different political, religious, ideological persuasions, all eight of them. Mm-hmm. So along with uh with with the cast members you have mentioned, who else is in is in this? Um <laughs> the actress that played uh Allie Hartman in Predestination is back. She's uh, Miss Calendar. She's playing um, Sarah. Christiana Ellis plays uh, Idel. And Nathan Lowell plays Gerd Falkstein. Got it. And uh, Nobilis has asked about the name Gerd Falkstein. Uh, he correctly guessed earlier today that the last name is pilfered from Young Frankenstein. Uh, Herr Falkstein was the executor of the Elder Frankenstein's estate. Um, and I love that movie. And then uh, Gerd is um, a nod and a wink to radical biblical scholar Gerd Ludeman, whose defining feature as an academic is his ability to to piss people in his own profession off. Um, <laughs> I thought that was the whole aim of <laughs> academics to begin with. Well, they, there's, they go, how am I going to well, piss off someone no, no, today? No, there, there's how am I going to, to scandalize the public, but that's different than scandalizing your profession. Right, right, and right. So, right. As a former academic, I can speak to that a little bit. <laughs> um, yes, there is. There are a, there are established orthodoxies within any community of incredibly uh, educated people, right. mm-hmm. and uh, trespassing against those orthodoxies is not something that is done lightly. You know, I was telling I was telling Dan about this, and I, I don't know if I've told you about this, Chris, but um, so I'm, maybe I'm, try I'm, moving your microphone. Up I'm I'm oh, how about now? I'm getting there. Yeah, that's so, much better. Okay, so anyway, so what I was saying was that the 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 movie Looking for Richard hops back and forth between a full blown movie production and them rehearsing it, as well as Alan Pacino trying to find it. Now, the nod to Academia mm-hmm. is where Pacino and his handler basically uh, he says. 
he says, we need to find out more about, about Richard. How about we go and we, uh, let, 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 let's, let's go talk to some academics because they, they know all this stuff. So they go to a party full of academics and they're all talking about Shakespeare. Well, you see, Richard was actually fighting off the homosexual boundaries that were in his time. And, and then there were other, you know, they're talking about how the, the, the subtext of Richard is actually that he, he loved his mother. And I know they said that about Hamlet, but it's actually about Richard III. And it's going on and on and on with all these theories. And at one point, Al Pacino leans over to his handle and goes, Get me the fuck out of here! <laughs> you know, and, and it's just done so. Uh-huh. It's, it's 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 like and, it's, hey, growing up around academics, man. <laughs> fucking a. I, I think I think you would dig the film, Chris. I think you really would. It's called mm-hmm. Looking for Richard. I think you can find it. Mm-hmm. it it's out there somewhere. I, I would, mean, however, say that literary criticism is, is the worst. Yeah, they're particularly <laughs> obnoxious compared Gee, <laughs> compared to uh, those of us in the hard sciences because. Mm. Um, in literary criticism, it seems to me that all you have to go on is um, your opinion. Well, your opinion, commentary, uh, you know, other people's commentaries, and bullshit. Right. Right. And yeah, uh, particularly since the post-structuralists like Foucault and Derrida, who come in for a bit of a sound rubbing a little later on in the book. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in our in our uh, branch of of um, science, it was more along the lines of that if you come up with a interpretation of the data that challenges an established orthodoxy of how the processes are supposed to work uh, be prepared for a whole lot of uh, tension (laughs) but uh, yeah down from 10 is uh, I have a lot of fun playing with stuff like that but it basically is based on a party I went to once where the hostess um, in in the midst of what I can only call remarkably civilized debauchery hello um the hostess was John Woo there. No, no. John Woo was. Do... What, what, was he releasing doves? <laughs> it wasn't that, that kind of debauchery. Oh, okay. The mm-hmm. hostess uh, is introducing me around and makes the offhanded comment. You know, I have this 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 terrible feeling that one of these days someone's going to bring a really vanilla person to one of my parties. <laughs> and I'm like, there's a novel. <laughs> and I already had a commission to write a screenplay from a production company up in Newfoundland. So I went home and I wrote that as the screenplay, and now, it turned into a miniseries. Now, is Down from 10 a novella, or is it a full novel? It's think? a full novel. It's actually 20,000 words longer than Predestination. Oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. But it flies a lot faster. It moves, because it's all conversations. It's um, you right. know, These people are at this party, and it's conversations, a lot of quick back and forth. <laughs> And, um, and, so and the bulk also, of the novel is dialogue. And it also has a more limited uh, scope, because yeah. it doesn't take place on eight planets. <laughs> yeah. Or moons, or space stations. Yeah, or there, there, yeah and, there's, and there's there's less coming up to speed you have to do, so we get into the action a lot quicker. Got it. In, Got it. In we lost that. Kitty there. We need to bump up Kitty's volume. Kitty's volume. So while we bump up Kitty, uh, what, uh, what's the chatter in the uh, in, in the chat room? Anybody? Uh, any people are amazed me? at the the length of the the book. AP Steven says, "Wow, how many words is that?" A uh, hundred and uh, <clears throat> forty-two thousand. That is a big book. Yes, that, that, that's a bug crusher. And, and, and this says, is what have I gotten <clears throat> myself into? <laughs> and this is it's one hundred and forty-two thousand after a very tight professional edit. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. So, Damn, that's um, good scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Uh, would anyone like to call in or something? Um, yeah, I see here. Let's see. Nobilis. We should be able to hear Nobilis. I don't know why we can't. 
Um, Unless he's not transmitting. Wait for it. You've ever met me. Hey. Oh, hi, guys. Welcome. How wrong, no, Billis? You got hot story for John Woo and his doves, huh? Come on, you tell me hot story. <laughs> okay. Did you miss me, Nobilis? Did you miss me I... out in Nanassus? We will show you just how much we missed you once you get back here. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Is that a threat? <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> could be a threatening promise or a promising threat. So, Nobilis, oh, real so quick. Dan, I just wanted to say that it was a pleasure working with you on the first few chapters there. I'm really looking forward to uh, to finishing this up with you. Oh, me too. I... You'll 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 understand more why I say that when you see the next round of scripts. Your character has some of the best fucking lines in the whole book, and he gets to rip my character a new asshole. So he, he also he also gets well, to give a great discourse on the nature of French hospitality. Oh, that one's fucking brilliant. The, the French have hospitality. What? <laughs> exactly. I'm not gonna spoil it. Got it. Yeah. So, so, oh yeah. So, now the thing is that uh, what I like is that that. You know, well, I've only seen the first three chapters, and only the pieces that my character is in. So I can I can enjoy the podcast right along with everybody else, because my my perspective is limited to my character's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. Oh, sorry, go ahead. That no, that's just perfect. I love working that way. Yeah, I'm um, doing that on purpose because it's a mystery. I don't want anyone playing the result. Yes. Yes, no, I understand that, but I'm saying that from my point of view, I know why you're doing it, but from my point of view, I like it. Cool. So, uh, so Nobilis, how, how, how did you feel about this year's uh, Balticon? How did you feel about the, the podcasting track this year? Well, I wasn't at most of it. <laughs> um, I didn't actually go to a lot of the podcasting panels this year. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, no. Um, I did, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I did not notice that. No, no. Were you hanging I out was, with the lit crowd? Is that, is that what's going on? Well, it's <laughs> Well, what I was, I was, what I was trying to do is kind of um, move some of my connections out beyond the same old, same old people, you know? You mean mm. you don't believe in the circle um, jerk? Well, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> so I, I, sat down, I sat down with an author by the name of uh, El Yagi Lamplighter, who's a Balticon regular. Oh, she comes oh Janji, Janji. Yeah, Janji, right. Janji Lamplighter. Oh, no, she's, she's great people. She's great people. She lives... She lives uh, very close to us, as a matter of fact. So, I was on a panel with her. She was cool. Right, yeah, right. Very cool. And, very cool chick. And, uh, well, she, she and I have a common interest in the Amber novels by Roger Zelazny. We've been, gotcha. we've been corresponding for a long time. Um, and um, she's interested in this whole podcasting thing. And, you know, once she, get a couple of, she gets a couple of other commitments out of the way, she's going to start working on one of her novels. Oh, cool. oh wow. Well, good on so, her. So I said... Well, hey, you know, if you need any assistance, any advice, whatever, you know, I'm available because we live, like, like you said, real close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she's she's great. So, so, but, but, so then overall, I then instead of the podcasting track, what were your feelings about uh, Balticon Forty Three? It, it, it's one of the things I'm learning about Balticon. This is my third one. Was that every one has to be judged on its own merits, right? Because you can't compare one to the next. Um, I, I had agree. just as much fun this time as every other one, but this one felt, I don't know, like, like um, I guess I've been there often enough that I've, I've already been through some of the panels and stuff like that, and it wasn't really, you know, heavily paneled uh, thing. Um, there was actually some people there who I had wanted to say hello to, 
that I never got a chance to see because there was the, the, the group has now gotten big enough, the podcasting crowd mm-hmm. has gotten big enough that the three days or whatever isn't really enough to interact meaningfully with everybody there that you want to. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Which means next which year's is going to be really interesting for me as a first-timer. All right, then that means we need to get Paul Fisher on the phone, and we need to have Balticon Week. We need to have <laughs> six days of Balticon. Well, no, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a state change for a social group. When it gets large enough that you cannot maintain the relationships mm-hmm. with everybody in the group simultaneously, it's true. Yep. It's, you start to risk certain kinds of schisms. You know, I think we've um, already seen that in the podcasting community. Yeah, they're starting to form. And and even if you just take the Balticon subgroup of it, um, it's starting to, you know, it's starting to fragment. And, and it's a natural thing to happen. That the, the important thing is to let it happen amicably and not, not you know, focus on, oh, why is that person ignoring me now? The reason that person's ignoring you now is because, you know, both of you have got other priorities and not to really worry about it too much yeah. because it's yeah. just what happens, you know, as a group gets larger. That's true. Uh, Mike Rock asks, where I picked up the affection Kitty's character has for Spanish phrases. Um, actually, it's a lot simpler than it than would be really interesting. I live in the Bay Area, and... Um, Growing up around here, ethnicity, cultural identity, race, they don't mean what they mean anywhere else in the world. <laughs> you uh, can easily say that about California yeah, in general. Yeah, California in general. But the They're idea, a bit more fluid. Yeah, but the idea of having a, uh, a Japanese woman who, just to fuck with people, speaks Spanish all the time. That, I grew up around people like that, you know. I had I had a black friend in elementary school who loved speaking in a British accent. He was from Stockton, from Oakey country right. in <laughs> California. And he would speak in this affected British accent just to fuck with people. There you go. Mm-hmm. This is a really California book. <laughs> you know, it's got it's got some British flavoring in it, but I mean, you do not get this kind of mix of people in many places in the world. I would say So I, I figured that would be one I, way to one way to play it up and yeah. just make it as Make make the people as, as as authentic to the kind of places they came from as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say I would say that that the uh, you know being an East Coaster, I would say there's there, there's a lot more of the blending of ethnicities the further the further west you get. I mean it was it was in the East it was in the uh, it, it it was in my trip across the Southwest that I saw my first uh, thanks to Evo Terra I saw my first Chinese and uh, uh, Chinese and Mexican takeaway, and it was mm-hmm. called Takey Outie. You know, uh-huh. um, and oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was, um, yeah, I mean, wh- where else could you get like lo- lo- like egg drop soup, <laughs> low chow mein, and then, a, and then a burrito and an enchilada yeah. all in or, one or, 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 yeah. or, or, or sushi with avocado in it. That came yeah, from, California. from California. It's, it's normal that now, is, but I remember when the it, California roll. Yeah, I remember know? when it was new and it was scandalous. Oh, quite scandalous. <laughs> We've got, uh, just near my work, a place I visit fairly frequently called Donut Store. It is a uh, Chinese buffet and donut shop staffed almost entirely by Mexicans. Oh, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was going to say one of my favorite pizza places is run owned and run by Indian people, and it makes more Italian pizza than the Italian pizzeria two towns over that That's I used fun. to love. Is Nobilla still on the line? Yeah, he's still on the line. Oh, so, I'm still uh, here. I'm just listening. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. So, so Nobilis, um, uh, I mean, you're no stranger to uh, to to audio drama. Um, what what are what are your thoughts so far about about uh, your your part in Down from Ten, and how is this challenging you as a voice actor? Well, um, I'm realizing how much I have to learn, <laughs> and um, and looking forward to learning it. Um, one of the great things, uh, one of the great things about this part is that it's got a lot more to it than stuff I normally have done. You know, um, this character who really believes strongly about stuff. Oh yeah, really wants people to understand what he's saying doesn't necessarily need them to agree, but he wants them to at least understand. And uh, so that, there's a lot of earnestness there, a lot of, um, um, you know, a lot of pushing forward. It's hard to put into words. Um, but uh, once, 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 we, once Dan and I figured out that this character is basically House... <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my favorite lines from House is when uh, apparently he, he thought that one of these characters was gay, and he was he was in the mafia, and one oh, of the yes. one, one of the mobsters takes House aside and says, "Are you saying my brother's gay?" And House goes, "I wouldn't say gay. I would say over excitedly happy." You know, I mean, just I mean, it, was, it, was, it was it was just that that that, that great you know that 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 great snark that uh, that Hugh Laurie has down to a science. It's really hard for me. I don't know about you, Nobilis, but it's really hard for me to watch House because I, I, I dig House. Don't get me wrong. I dig House. But every time but, I see Hugh Laurie walk on the set, I just want to go, Tally-ho, Black Hannah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's what I see. I see the Jolly good show, Jeeves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, yeah, that was something we, we, we kind of broke through because we were having trouble because I consciously based, uh, based Kevin's character uh, Nobilis's character, Kevin, on kind of a combination of Lawrence Krauss and Neil deGrasse Tyson, who mm-hmm. are both v- pretty well-known uh, physicists. Right. Uh, yeah, well-known for physicists. For, that is, you for know, physicists. a few hundred people know right. about Right. So, so I, 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 I said, here's where you can see video of these guys. And it got him really close to in the ballpark, but there was this component of the character that was missing. And... At one point, I think his wife was listening in on the on yep. the conversation, yep. and she said, "That's like something House would say." And I'm like, "Oh my God, there that's the missing piece." He's, yeah, he's House. To, he's House. I have to give I have to give my wife credit for that. She's really the one who figured that out. <laughs> Score one for the D Meister. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Shade is in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah, except Woo-hoo! I can't, I can't conference. Oh, is he? On? He's online. He's on the chat room. Oh, you're we're, in. Cool. We're waiting for him to get on to the phone so that we can actually right. uh, get him on voice here. Danny Shade, whose who's, uh, soundtrack for the opening scene made me weep. That's because so you're a uh, pussy. Hello? <laughs> Danny oh, Shade, also gorgeous. known as Danny is not a lamp. Yes. Danny is not a lamp. <laughs> dot com. Ding. Hello? Hey, Danny. Danny Shade. Hey, pleasure. 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 Who, who's all uh, under? Chris Lester is here with me. Yo, yo. Hey, T. T. Morris. Fabulous. And Kitty's yes. here. Hello. Hello. 
Danny, can well, you hear me? It's like, a, it's, like I'm, it's like I'm right there in your house again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Shade, ladies and gentlemen, is the composer of the music from Predestination and from Down From Ten, and he's on board for Free Will, too, which fucking rocks. You know what I've been doing all afternoon? What's that? <laughs> I've been working on the Down From Ten single. All right. Ooh. The Down From Ten single? So this is, this is going to be good. It's one of my favorite new things i'm doing nice and i don't know when it's gonna drop but um it, it'll drop towards the end of the book because it contains a spoiler oh okay good but uh, <laughs> there there will be a rock and roll or jazz or folk single to come out of down from 10 i can't wait yeah. to, gotta, rock, i like that rock and roll or jazz or folk mm-hmm. that's that's actually a pretty good um <laughs> description of what this may or may not be what can you um, tell us funky, about the song i can tell you that it's in a compound meter it's a what? Now? <laughs> it's in it's in a compound meter. It's yeah. in, it's <laughs> like switching back and forth between four four and six four, that sort of thing. No, that's a fixed meter. A compound meter is steady. It's 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 uh, it's all in four, but it's uh, it's got a little triplet, so it's kind of bouncy and mm. bluesy. Okay. And uh, said bluesy, it's not bluesy, the, right? the poem. You guys already heard the first verse of it. Yeah. The the, um, the, the dust upon the. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, with dust upon the picture frame and snow outside the window pane, the nighttime voices whisper clear a demon's words out in the earth. Whisper fear a demon's words out in the clear. And, and so on and so forth. So I'm excited about that. And, you know, how, how are people liking the, uh, the theme music? Well, when I first heard it, I thought, yeah, that is totally this book. I mean, just it, it it just completely utterly fit. Yeah, I love it, but I just said that. So, and listening to it when you, once uh, Dan put in the opening, um, you know the opening voice stuff at in the you know the intro, and just hearing how well it blended, it was like, oh, oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. I really liked it. Now, Danny, along with the uh, stuff you're doing for. Uh, for, for Dan Sawyer, um, aren't you doing some stuff for other podcasters as well? Have, have you been Have you been getting a little bit of work uh, out of this? Yeah, um, I have a few friends. Like uh, Reed Braden does two smoking hot free thinkers. I I gave him a piece that he's using now as his theme music, and I also did a, the theme music for the Curious podcast. And um, there's a couple patio book uh, Philippa Ballantyne and Chris Lester, and some people have approached me. I haven't. I haven't made anything yet, but it's it's uh we're talking. Their peoples are talking to my people, and so yeah, it's kind of what I'm hoping to get into a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike Rock says that the uh, the intro music for Down from Ten was awesome, bouncy with an edge of tango. <laughs> right. And uh, Danny uh, AP Stevens wants to know if uh, you could uh, pimp your site and services for other people who may want to hire you for upcoming patio books. Um, yeah, if you go to dannyshade.com, Ding. Uh, I have all my contact info on there, and I have some samples of my work and um, what I'm willing to do. I, I guess it's just make music. I mean, I guess if, if, if somebody wanted to out there to be my, my web manager and, and help me with promotion and, and web stuff, that would be, that'd be nice. <laughs> but now I'm just going to do that. Hey, there's the link. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Cool. And there's three W before that, but everybody knows that. Okay. So, Mildred, are you on? Mildred, can you uh, talk for us? 
La, 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 la. I can now. I just hey. got the unmuted thing. Yay. Hey. Welcome. Um, just give me one second. I'm telling everyone in the chat room to subscribe to Danny's uh, podcast because he mm. puts some, uh, some really good music on oh, it. Yeah. Okay. So my question, Dan, do you finally so- solve your man love deficit issue? Let uh, let's see. How, how do I how do I how do I answer this without spoiling anything? Um, let's say that sexuality of all sorts is ubiquitous in this book. And if it helps, all three of us are naked right now. Actually, all four of us are naked right now as we, as we podcast. Right? There's veritable veritable extravaganza of debauchery and depravity but uh no one of the one of the notes from the production company when i was first making this was it was for canadian tv which after 10 p.m what they call the watershed has no content restrictions on their broadcasts except for snm they don't allow snm and so my note from the production company was make it as controversial as possible so we can garner as much press as possible so, yeah, there's a lot of sex in this book, and a lot of sex of all kinds. I have a problem with S&M being the one thing you would censor. So it's okay to have pain unless someone likes it? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what Canadian law says. <laughs> Those wacky Canadians. Well, Hello? Uh, as Barry said, with all the uh, shit we've been giving you and Chris about your respective books and the man-love deficit beforehand, I figure someone had a tweak on this. Uh, hey, man, I got uh, I I gave you buried alive in the blues. This one goes a little farther, and then uh, <laughs> this is working up to lies in the dark for Metamore City. Which... Is there is there man love in buried alive in the blues? Yeah, I'm trying to remember where that uh, is. The, there's oh the, yeah, there is. Well, oh, there's, yeah. there's the romantic the there's the romantic man love plot, and then there's two voyeuristic homosexual sex. That's right. Acts. That's right. There was right man on yep. man action. That can be found at eroticaalacart.com. Ding! Ding! Ding. We got to, like, get something we can ding here. And, um, Mildred, I just want to tell you, uh, from from chapter one of Things Unseen, Hal (laughs) held himself upright in the seat, refusing to relax. He wanted to melt into Zeke's touch, to lean his head on the man's shoulder and breathe in the rich, masculine smell of him. No, you idiot, he wanted to scream at himself. Not again. Never again. What, did you write this in the smell? (laughs) (laughs) Chris, the flogger's by your feet. By all means, for the love of God, use it, man, use it. Oh, sure. Give him a love tap. Whap the shit out of me. Hey. That's because he loves you more. You just want more to John Woo, Rob. That's what you want. You want want the doves. You want to feel the feather of the doves and the special broken arrow of John Woo. Okay, and and the window is shut. Okay, yeah. Wow. Mildred is down. I repeat, Mildred is down. From 10. (laughs) <laughs> Down from ten, yes. So, Mildred, if that will give you a little taste of what is to come for Metamore City, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Good night, Nobilis. Good night, Nobilis. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining coming. us. Good night, Nobilis. Good night, Nobilis. And at some point, he'll get my name right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
<laughs> he, right. he says, have fun. I look forward to listening to whatever Dan can salvage from this mess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I may just throw this up raw because I'm like, time for shit? What? I've got free will to write still. <clears throat> okay. I have to be to work way too early tomorrow morning for me to stay online. So have Aww. fun for the rest of the night, you guys. Thanks right. for joining us, Millie. Great to talk to you, right. Mildred. Take care of yourself. Bye. All right. And talk to you later. Bye. Marsh asks, is the potosphere ready for this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I worry about that because most of the potosphere is out on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I've heard... Uh, <laughs> I sc- I've scandalized people over Twitter and gotten talked about on their podcasts about it before. So I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> special, special love to Chooch and Div. Yes. You uh, scandalized so- them? Uh, well, yeah, well, the, the, the pornography argument on yeah. Twitter. Oh, that. Yeah. Yes. But there was, also, there was also this wonderful thing that Dan was telling me about how um, apparently uh, Chooch and Viv were talking about Dan on yeah. Into the Blender. And then <laughs> I personally am calling shenanigans on Chooch. I think Chooch really set up Viv because... <laughs> Chooch was like, well, then let's go to voicemail. The first voicemail, guess who it's from? Sawyer. Yep. <laughs> and and Deb's like, oh, my God, I didn't realize he listened to the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love Antithesis. <laughs> yeah. Mildred was, says, I'm great. an East Coaster, and I have no problems. Well, there you go. Thank true. you, Mildred. Yeah. Jeanette Marsh says, any publicity is good? <laughs> If I remember correctly, Jeanette is one uh, is, is is a listener from New Zealand. Am I? Am oh, I, killer! Am I am I, am I? am I correct in that assumption? Jeanette, Jeanette, are you are you the yeah? Are you the one that just uh, blogged uh, Pip's book the other day? Could have been maybe because the, the the name Jeanette Marsh I recognize from from Twitter. So um so I guess we'll be finding out in a few minutes when she yeah. once she fig- once, once the she chat room up. catches up. Yeah. Yeah. But um but yeah I mean yes the East Coast <laughs> is a little uptight. Um. But you know, and, it's not without its good points. It it does have its good points. You know, the the difference between the East Coast and the West Coast is I say, look, we have just as much kink in the East as we do in the West. Yeah, the differences in the West, we don't mind. You don't mind expressing it in the East right. Coast. The East Coast is scandalous. In the West Coast, it's it's same old, same. Old. Yeah. So, yeah. Jeanette you know, is in Auckland, New Zealand. That's what oh, I thought. Killer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I met, met Jeanette while I was uh, while I was at conscription. Yeah, the, the, the the other big the other big difference is the formality. The East Coast is a much more formal culture, <laughs> and the West lot, Coast is extremely yeah. informal. A lot more uh, old families. There. Yeah, they say that the that the difference between being a uh, you know a welcomed uh, member of the community in Boston and a outsider is whether you or not your family has lived there for four generations. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and. Um, but no, Jeanette. Jeanette and I met uh, in uh, in Auckland. Uh, she was there for the Auckland tweet up. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, Jeanette watched me. Oh, I, for- I forgot. I've got to be wearing the bunny ears. Kitty wanted me. Yeah, to wear Kitty the bunny wanted ears you to wear the bunny we- ears. I mean, I realize it doesn't really play on audio, but you know, oh well. Um, <laughs> this is more for Kitty's amusement. This is more for Kitty's amusement than it's for anyone else's. But uh, as if the nudity isn't good enough. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I, I should have said. I should have said that. Yes, you know, while we're all while we're all naked here, Kitty's the only one that's clothed. So there you go. <laughs> uh, stop flogging me, you perp. <laughs> we're definitely keeping Mildred up. Oh boy! So, there we go. Love oh, yes. those bunny ears. 
There are the bunny ears. Bunny ears of Kingdo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are definitely the bunny. You need the Ray-Bans, though. I need the Ray-Bans. I need the Ray-Bans as well. <laughs> Pip, get those, in the, get those in the mail stat. Just, well, she's you know. driving home right now, so she can't hear us, uh-huh. but she'll be on okay. soon on okay. voice. Mm-hmm. Bada bing, bada boom. And then I'll have my two leads on voice at the same time. Uh-huh. This will be. I haven't had you both on the same podcast live since for, Double for Trouble. Since, yeah, since Double Trouble. <laughs> Man. How how many hours did we go? Two and a half. Uh, we went uh, we went about two, and I managed to cut it down to about an hour, yeah, without losing any of the jokes. Oh man! See, I would love to have heard the un- I would love to have heard the un- uncensored one. Uh, I've got it. I, I, I think you should re-release that as like mm. as like a it's like a bonus, Ooh. like a bonus two hour epic. Because I I remember we went on. We went on pretty, pretty, uh, pretty intensely, almost as much. Well, actually, I didn't censor anything. I just basically cut out the silences. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and, and those bits where we're like, "What do we talk about next?" Yeah, right? yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we would hit these lulls in the conversation. Yeah, oh, I mean, Kim says uh, Scranton's a bit different. It's more informal. There are five to six generations here, but there's a large immigrant two to three generation hmm. church ties. That means that certain things are quite shocking. <laughs> but the people who get podcasts, I say, are fifty fifty. Mm, good point. I would agree. I would agree. I think that I think there really is a, a, a sort mm-hmm. of a there's a there's a, a a different kind of subculture when it comes to the the, the social media yeah. slash podcast. It, it has a tendency to to filter out the mm-hmm. adventurous in any community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do. I yeah. I think we do tend to skew. We skew libertarian and we skew socially liberal. I would say. Yeah, we 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 skew. We definitely skew socially liberal, and uh, we don't necessarily skew politically liberal, which is which is interesting. Right. Um. There. There are just as I have found there are just as many uh, teacots, you know, mm-hmm. true conservatives out there that are on that are mm-hmm. in here. It's just a matter. It's just a matter of how vocal. Uh, well, it, and it's it's um, there. There's a a very strong taboo, and I th- it, it may be because we're a younger culture and we're made up of people who ran away from the more rigid cultures. But there's a strong. I know I did. But there's a, <laughs> there's a strong social taboo here against telling someone else how to live. You can disapprove of them. You can insult them. You can um, have vigorous arguments. You can be nasty as hell. But if you try to pass a law telling someone else how to live, you know, we did that in the progressive era, and we don't like doing that anymore. (laughs) Except apparently when it comes to gay marriage. Or marriage equality. Mm-hmm. But that was that. Well, one whether lost. they're playing a dwarf or an elf in D and D, that that one, that one lost by a terribly thin margin. It did. And Emphasis on terrible. Mm-hmm. In but, California, yeah, terribly. That's the part I don't well, get. See, but in that's California? the thing. California has this reputation as being ultra liberal in every way, and it's not. The majority of the state is agricultural. Mm-hmm. We've okay. got the big liberal enclaves, well, in San Francisco and to a lesser extent Sacramento and parts of L.A., but most of L.A. is the bedrock of the conservative movement in California. Orange County. Orange County, which is the bedrock of the uh, of the mm-hmm. uh, Christian Reconstructionist movement, too. Well, them, and then you've also got the Central Valley, which is... Right, really and the Central Valley... The Central Valley is conservative in the way that... Um, in the way that Texas is conservative, or the Midwest is conservative, mm-hmm. in not not in the um, 
not necessarily in the we want church to run everything way, but in the we got those old down-home values kind of way. Mm-hmm. And the notion that someone would want to be that radically weird is threatening because you don't see it. It's now, much more yeah. homogenous culture. I, I do have to, since, since we're kind of off the rails here. Yeah. For, for, as, as, <laughs> what as, rails? What rails, yeah. yeah you'll um, have to bring us around again at some point. Well, no, no. Actually, I, wanna, I, uh, I, I wanted to, to comment on, on the, whole, the whole big uh, hullabaloo that happened about the Miss America. I'm not sorry, the, the Miss California comments. Uh huh. You know what? I didn't have a problem with what she had to say. Mm. Do I agree with what she had to say? No. I'll mm. tell you where I did have the problem. I had a problem with that with that douchebag Perez Hilton. Oh god. And I tell you why? Because he asked uh-huh. a question. He didn't like the answer, uh-huh. so he blasts her yeah. and then the, and vilifies her. I'm like, look, you know, we are constantly criticizing mm-hmm. uh, these, these these beauty pageants. These beauty pageant queens, these, these beauty pageant for being contestants, empty-headed. for being empty-headed. This girl actually gave a well thought-out answer. Did I agree with it? No. You may think it's wrong. You may think it's ugly, but, but I applaud it was her. articulate. Yes, I yes. applaud her for how well it was thought out. I applaud her for her conviction. And Perez Hilton basically lambasts her. I'm like, look, dude, if you didn't want to have an on, huh? Funny coming from me. If you didn't want an honest answer of a question. <laughs> Then maybe you shouldn't, you shouldn't ask, ask it, Sparky. Yep. You know, because because uh, you know, doing the yep. whole pedestrian thing is uh, do, giving the pedestrian answer is just is just opening a messy can of worms. Yeah. Um. And you know, I I feel you know, and, and I'm sure that there are probably some people that are that are that are saying, oh, well, when she she lost her, when she lost her title, you know, that was that was a that was a a, a, a step forward, a progressive step forward. I'm like. No, actually, I think she lost her title because, from what I was, from what I was gathering, she was she was not fulfilling her contractual obligations. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking what happened was she either got overextended with the scandal of what she had to say against, you know, you got well, you got to go and open them all. It's you know, also you know. there's also a big LA component to that there, and and LA and Hollywood's brand of liberal thinking is unique in the known universe and it doesn't actually make internal sense either. <laughs> LA not making internal sense the hell you say <laughs> the deuce you say oh, sir God, the deuce man. you say <laughs>